Oh, oh right, yeah. I was just going to say, the, yeah, the real twist is it's we're not going to discuss films anymore. <laughs> Music <laughs> is over. <laughs> the concept of film is on trial. <laughs> um, yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week we've got a good show lined up for you as we put the 1999 comedy Galaxy Quest on trial. Is it Galaxy Caramel or is it Samsung Galaxy Note 7? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What what was wrong with the Note 7? Well, it, it... Blew up the one quite a bit. Allegedly, I mean, I think it was a fact, but just in case, allegedly blew up. <laughs> allegedly, Samsung, <laughs> if your legal team comes after small film-based podcasts. <laughs> I hear that's all they do these days. So <laughs> you got nothing better to do. <laughs> so essentially, we're going to find out if this film will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Shoot Him Up which I judged and I deemed should be placed on the hit list. Correctly. Quite questionably. Uh, I've <laughs> since gone away and I've watched the film. Did I make the right call? Well, I'll tell you, I had to go into hospital for a procedure recently and I decided to cheer myself up by watching this film whilst I was in recovery. Uh, I ended up getting very, very sick and ended up <laughs> having to spread this film out over five hours, watching it in short bursts in between bouts of vomiting and incredible pain. Now, even though... <laughs> A personal bedside two-man performance of the thing starring Kate Russell and Denzel Washington wouldn't have cheered me up at that moment in time. <laughs> Shoes him up didn't make me feel any worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, it was exactly how Alex described it, to be honest. It never took itself too seriously. And at the end of the day, it was fun, entertaining, and a violent treat. And oh. I th- yeah, I think that's that's what I needed to be honest. I, I did I didn't not like it. So yeah, apologies, <laughs> Dave. I can see you seething there, but yeah, I thought it was all right. <laughs> you should so. be Roger Ebert, the next Roger Ebert. I didn't not like it. <laughs> <laughs> Quotation marks. <laughs> it didn't make me vomit anymore. <laughs> uh, now on to the trial. All of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Dave. Now, Dave is a little bit like Tony Shalhoub's most famous character, Monk. Some would say he's a very methodical and meticulous man with a dogged work ethic and an impeccable memory. But others would call him a weirdo. (laughs) And that's that's that. (laughs) And acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Ozzy and Alex. Now, Ozzy is just like Alan Rickman's most famous character, Severus Snape. He dresses very flamboyantly, but mainly all in black. You know deep down that he is a good guy, but at the start of every episode, you can't help but feel that he's a horrible arsehole. <laughs> Which is, uh, it's true, because I've just started watching the Harry Potter films recently, and uh, at the beginning of every episode, every film, everyone's like, oh, that Snape is not bad, isn't he? But then at the end, it's like, oh, no, he's a good guy, isn't he? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, nothing changes between those films. I don't understand why everybody's got such a down on him. Anyway, right, Harry Potter uh, quibbles aside, <laughs> Alex will be joining Ozzy, and Alex is just like Sigourney Weaver's most famous character, oh. Ellen Ripley. He started the series off so energetic and full of fighting spirit, <laughs> but as time has gone on, he's become really tired, apathetic, and bald. <laughs> It was the third adjective It was a knockout punch on that one Jesus Christ <laughs> no, I will say that before we start recording this episode I asked the guys if I, if they felt comfortable enough for me to continue insulting them like this, and they all said yeah, and even Alex suggested yeah, I don't even mind the bold jokes. I mean, I yeah, think- I mean, I'm just I'm uh, like severely after 20 years severe case of Stockholm syndrome, where I, <laughs> I just <laughs> identify completely with my <laughs> with my attacker. 
So <laughs> <laughs> you've worn me down, Hudson. That's all I can say. Uh, now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their genuine opinions, though. So do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what they really think, which means this week I will be playing the most important role as I will be the judge. And I'm a bit like Tim Allen's most famous character, arguably, Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> All I'm going to say is he won a Golden Globe for playing Tim the Toolman Taylor. He hasn't won no anything. one's arguing about whether Tim the Toolman Taylor is, Al- is Tim Allen's biggest role, Gav. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just like Tim the Toolman Taylor because I'm really into DIY. And on the surface, it looks like I'm a really fun-loving guy. But the reality is I'm a terrible friend and I spend most of my day bullying my bearded assistants. <laughs> now, <laughs> I must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinion, which is good because I think I've only seen Galaxy Quest once. Well, I mean, I don't even know if I've seen all of it. I remember when it came out, I watched maybe not even all of it, but I have got no memory at all. So I'm just like a blank slate here. Uh, but before we get started on the trial, I think we should give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. <laughs> okay, that is actually landed on, as you can all see there, question mark. Um, so that means the judge gets to pick. Uh, so I think I'm going to pick Dave. So yeah, right. how would we like Dave to read off the synopsis? As the aliens, could I think. Alien. Yeah, it could be an alien. I think that'd be a good one. Yeah, we yeah. always do. We always try to do Alan Rickman whenever he's on, and we all have the same shit, Alan Rickman. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I <laughs> mix it up. <laughs> I'll tell you now. I know for a fact I don't do a good Alan Rickman, Sam Rockwell, Tony Shalhoub, Tim <laughs> Allen, Sigourney. So I think I'm gonna say how's your Sigourney? <laughs> uh, not not great, to be honest I, with you. I heard so. you. I heard you do really good Justin Long though. <laughs> 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 the most mundane of all of them. So so Mathers. Matthew's our leader of the Thermians. Okay, so he kind of talks like, never give up, never yeah, surrender. That's the one. The <laughs> alumni cast of a space opera television series have begun to play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. However, they also have to defend both Earth and the alien race from a reptilian warlord. Amazing. Well done, Dave. Amazing. That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have my sound effects ready, but I'll give you a real applause, which some yeah. say is better. I wish I'd read that in advance because that's actually quite long. Yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> that's and hard I, to maintain. I, I recently dismantled the soundboard as well, so there's no other effects to play. For you, <laughs> we right, are today, effectless so. at Sorry. this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, good job that we don't have to do frog impressions later on. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me kick things off. Right, I, I appreciated that overview, Dave, but I was paying more attention to the impression than I was the context. So... I think it might be mindful if you could give us a little bit of an overview as to what this film is about. Mm -hmm. I think I know the general premise, but just flesh it out a little bit more if you don't mind. Yeah, okay. So basically, general premises, as you said, it's a 1999 uh, comedy film. It's essentially a bit of a parody of the Star Trek films uh, or of the Star Trek TV series, I should say. So you've got this cast of an old sci-fi show. It is, honestly, it's not even a thin veil. Uh, of the illusion to Star Trek. It is virtually <laughs> Star Trek. You know, even the bridge of the Enterprise is almost, you know, perfectly made in, in replica form. So imagine this cast of a show very much like Star Trek. Uh, the show's been off air for years. Uh, they just basically, they never really had work after it. They just go around conventions, dress as their characters, you know, meeting fans, signing autographs. And they get approached by an alien race, the Thermians who approached the commander, first of all, uh, seeking his help. Now, you see these American uh, TV shows, they've caught the transmissions of them in outer space, uh, but they've misunderstood what they are. They don't believe them to be light entertainment shows. They think they are historical documents. So they've (laughs) seen the Galaxy Quest TV show and have thought that these people are real, that their adventures in space are real, and this alien race has a problem with an alien warlord. Them not being a warlike people, they are 
they don't know how to deal with him. They can't negotiate with him. They can't outfight him. So they look for help from these Earth heroes that have dealt with this and more and, and, and so much more dangerous situations. They look to them for kind of like dogs of war. Like imagine the Minister Seven sort of thing. You know, recruit some guns to help you out with this, this enemy that you can't tackle yourselves. Of course, they are just actors. They are not astronauts they are not military commanders they are not tech sergeants so these actors basically get recruited to help tackle this uh this alien warlord and make it up as they go along essentially uh trying to play their characters with this like these ad- adorable thermian aliens who believe them to be these great heroes uh not that i'm not really wanting to tell them the truth and break their hearts and at the same time not get them into any danger because they don't know what they're doing uh hilarity ensues as you'd hope it would, because it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Dave. Alex, my question is, how do you parody something that was a joke in the first place? <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> After all that talk, we tried to try to be more polite to each other. <laughs> how, dare, how dare you? Um, look, uh, that does lead me on to a point as, as just incensed as it makes me. Uh, <laughs> like, this is... Um, you know, not a rip-off of Star Trek, that's too. But yeah, parody, but it, that that's really all Galaxy Quest is. And it's got loads of lovely little Easter eggs hidden in there for Trek fans and stuff like that, people who know the story behind it and all of that. There's, there's loads of it. But really, um, you can't maintain a, a, a film on this. And it's, you know, it's not a particularly long film, but even, you know, you, you can't over an hour just have people just parodying just the story around Star Trek. It doesn't really move past that, to be honest. So... Yeah, it's fun and it's nice that they did it. You know, the, the story behind the cast of Star Trek, you know, they all did hate William Shatner and stuff like that. You know, there, there are lots of little bits that, you know, it is it is a funny backstory to it. But, you know, as as someone who did like the original series and, and someone who like does like the stories behind William Shatner, I just like William Shatner, really, to be honest. I just find him a hilarious person to be alive, you know. But this film just sort of... It tries to be a film as well as that, and that doesn't quite work. It, it just doesn't maintain that well enough. So it's it's fun, it's fun for the little things that you know about the you know the cast of Star Trek, but really, it just can't maintain it over over the course of an entire film. Okay, thank you very much, Alex. Dave, does mm-hmm. it evolve more than just a parody? You know, does it become its own thing, or is that what it is? Just an hour and a half long parody. Oh no, it very much flourishes. Like Alex says, there are a lot of Easter eggs in here and they really are scattered in. I, I'm i not really a big Star Trek fan, to be honest with you, but even I got some of the allusions they were making to the the backroom squabbles, you know, the offset squabbles that went on between the cast and little thing, you know, Alan Rickman berating uh, Tim Allen's characters. Like, you cut me out of episode two. You took all my best lines. You know, this sort of thing. That was, you know, this actually happened. You know, he, did, he was jealous of Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner. He did try and take his best lines and cut him out of the, out of the episodes. This is all true, and I knew this to be true, and I don't even know that much about Star Trek. So the Easter eggs are in there. If you're a big fan of the series, there's even more Easter eggs to be seen. And I have to say that it goes far beyond that. It is a parody, and it is a Star Trek parody, but it is a good action-adventure film in its own right. You know, it's got a good storyline, it's got a good villain, and it's got a a really good plot to it, you know. And these characters are incredibly likable. I'm sure we're going to go on to them more later. Um, But even though it is a parody, it's also a parody of the fandom, that surrounds Star Trek. It's, um, but it never, I want to say about this, it never makes fun of it. And that's the uh, remarkable thing about this. Although it is um, parodying it and it's spoofing it, it's satirizing it, it doesn't do it in any any mean-spirited way. It is done in a, a way of affection almost. Not only when it's, taking off the TV series itself or the cast of it, but when they're uh, taking off the the fans, you know, because it's the film starts at a convention and it's ultimately the fans that he uh, um, Tim Allen meets at this convention that end up saving the day, basically, and showing him how to how to land the ship and things like that. Uh, it's, it's really, um, it's quite nice and quite humbling the way it, it deals with its dedicated fans of this show. You know, they, they would have been an easy target for parody and it doesn't take that shot. You know, it puts them on a pedestal of kind of like, look how dedicated they are. Look how much they cared about this TV show. That's something to praise. That's something to admire them for. And I like that because it would have been too easy a shot, really. You know, too many films have taken a shot at the uh, sci-fi fans before, and this film doesn't do it. So you're saying that if it would have been a parody of Star Wars, it may have been a different story. <laughs> it, it very much could have been. <laughs> uh, now, Austin, Dave says that this is a comedy film. He says it goes beyond a parody and that there are a lot of funny aspects to it. 
Tell me about them. What's the funniest aspect or least funniest aspect of this film? Does it is it a good comedy or not? I think it is a good comedy. I think one of the good bits about it is that it's very knowing. You know, it's and the the main characters are quite knowing. So like Sigourney Weaver is, you know, a lot of her comic lines and comic scenes are kind of based on the alien uh, premise. You know, but it, I think it's, for for me, like her and Alan Rickman. Like just hilarious, you know what I mean. So, I'm actually the defense. You've sent me a little message there, and I've always been the defense. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was wondering about this. Intro, but yeah. <laughs> when I heard the intro and heard he was, he was the yeah. prosecution, I was like, I, "This is going to be interesting to see which way he goes. Is he going to yeah, jump yeah, ship? Is he going to take the opportunity?" Yeah. To jump I was going to try. I was going to try and jump ship, but I, I actually think it. I think it was funny, and it, it's and because I've kind of based my notes around being being on defense. I'm going to stick with it. Like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm good. I, I, <laughs> just because I messed up. I mean, if that happened in a real court, like the prosecution would be expecting it. Oh, shit. Well, you know, actually, yeah. Just the judge being like, oh, you are, you are on that side of a court. I just thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got all this evidence, but you know what? He's got kind eyes. Yeah. Like, for me, I think it's, it's, it's more than just a parody. It's, it's genuine comedy. Um, like Tim Allen, who, you know, I, I would think of him as a, a, a comedy actor. He's basically the straight-laced, not funny character of the whole point. So everybody else gets a real time to shine. And I, and I think it really works. For them, I think it's, it's just, it's genuinely funny. I think it was really well made and with care, like Dave says, that it's it, it's parodying the the Star Trek effort without being the same thing, you know, without poking fun at the people who are fans of that which I think is a really delicate balance and it, and it does it great yeah. okay uh, thanks Ozzy uh, Alex why do you disagree why is it not funny I, I, I you know I wouldn't you know I'm not going to say like Galaxy Quest is the most unfunny thing there are some bits in it and especially at the beginning it gets it kicks you off with a like I'm saying about the, especially the, the sort of Star Trek parody kicks off with a nice few little things you know this, like Ozzy said Sigourney Weaver is the the she doesn't have a job on the ship, so all she does is like repeat what the computers just said, and that's you know especially because, like Dave was saying, that's kind of a kind-hearted way of bringing up that actually the women's roles in the original Star Trek were pretty poor, and I didn't have much to do really, you know, at all. It's a nice way of doing it where you deal with it, but also, you know, and so there are nice things. Sam Rockwell's the security guard, and he just loses his mind because you know he's actually in this serious situation and stuff like that. So. There are like good shoots and especially at the beginning, but they don't maintain all the way through. They kind of wither and die a little bit as it goes on. Sam Rockwell starts becoming a bit irritating and his sort of character doesn't really have much of a resolution to it. Sigourney Weaver neither doesn't feel like there's much resolution going on there. So these funny bits sort of are good, but they don't really go anywhere. So, so as much as you're enjoying it at the start of the film, by the end, they sort of don't really tie everything together. And there are certain bits where you just, like Tony Shalhoub's just weird all of the way through it. And I just didn't find it funny. You know what I mean? I, I Some bits okay, but other bits just, again, I, I think the, the main thing I've got is it's a good start to the film. It just doesn't, it just doesn't carry it all the way through. And you get a bit bored halfway through. Okay. Um, Austin, is there anything that you want to counteract there? Well, yeah, well, I was going to say you can kind of, I can kind of understand Alex's point there because, I mean, I think 99 was like a scary movie. I think there were loads of parody type things coming out in that period, wasn't it? Between like us mm. going into high school and at that period, you know, 99 probably to 2005. You're not going to start referencing American Pie and all sorts of other films. No, no, but what I mean is that those, <laughs> no, I just mean that. I can understand why maybe watching it this time around, you could feel like it's a little tiring um, because it is a parody film. But I don't know. I think it's, I, I felt like it was so much more. And I genuinely thought it was funny. I thought the characters were funny. Um, the Tony Shalhoub character, yeah, I could say, yeah, maybe one of the, the weaker moments. But I, I, everyone has a great part to play in this and they really enjoy it. I think it's, it's a full ensemble. Um, of of the movie itself, not just the comedy. You know, it all works together. But it, you know, you've got to you've got to think about it as as a as a comic piece. If you're not going to get on board with the Trek vibe, then maybe you're going to get bored of that 
relatively quickly. Okay, um, right. I, I do want to talk, a bit, you, you've spoken about how it's a parody of something else. So you're always going to be thinking about something else while you're watching it. You're going to be thinking about the original Star Trek. Um, throw a bit of a curveball here. Now, when I first watched it, I remember one of the criticisms I saw of the film was that it was like the Three Amigos, but in space. Um, it's the same sort of concept as, as in like, you know, they're film stars oh. and they've been invited to go and defend somebody who thinks that they're real, but in reality, they're not, they're just actors. Um, and now, I mean, it's the same sort of concept. Does it stand on its own? Are you kind of thinking to yourself, oh, this is very similar to this other film? You know, and, and similar to, you know, the same argument was put to Tropic Thunder when it first came out, that it was too much like Galaxy Quest and Three Amigos. Are you thinking that, oh, yeah, this is just a, very similar to this film, or does it stand on its own two feet? Dave, sorry. <laughs> oh, um, I certainly didn't draw any parallels between this and Three Amigos. Um, in part because I've never seen Three Amigos. But I, <laughs> I have to say, I didn't really... Um, it, it's not really like a film I've seen before. I understand you get that whole fish out of water or someone thinks that you, because you played this role, you can therefore uh, do it in real life. Yeah, that's been done on film before, Three Amigos, other films, uh, case in point. But this this brought something different. And I think it's the depth of the characters. You know, what sets this apart from other films, what sets it apart from Three Amigos, even though the characters in Three Amigos and other such films, I'm sure, are well-written and and have their own depth and their own revelations. So does this. These are very unique characters. These are very distinct characters, uh, all of whom have their own motivation, and they all get the, these great lines. You know, there's no lead actor as such. You know, Shatner, if he'd gotten Galaxy Quest, he wouldn't have been happy. He'd have been taking Sigourney Weaver's line from there, taking Alan Rickman's part from here. He would have been snapping up lines left, right, and center because he didn't get all the good ones. Tim Allen's character isn't the only character that you're sorry, following sorry. that you care about. That sounds very dangerously like a criticism of William Shatner. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I just want to be very clear that I, don't, I won't tolerate yeah. any. Yeah. I mean, Shatner, Shatner didn't even see uh, himself in Tim Allen's performance. I don't know if he was joking. No, He's yeah. even right down to the, the thinking pose in the commander's chair. Tim Allen was like mimicking Shatner at various times. Even the way he finds out, you know, at the start of the convention, where yeah, Tim yeah. Allen's in the bathroom and he hears people... Uh, oh god these guys are losers they've never had a decent job after the show you know oh you see the captain everyone hates him off stage that actually happened to Shatner yeah, he was yeah. at a convention in the late <laughs> 80s and he discovered that his co-stars hated him and that everyone thought he was a loser while see, overhearing conversations <laughs> see I, I don't believe that because I've read I have read a couple of books about the TV show because it is interesting mm -hmm. and like it was pretty clear they hated William Shatner <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have made it you've got to remember he's clearer. a very delusional yeah. man I know, I know. I mean, it, only William Shatner could not have known that he was completely <laughs> hated by the entire cast. Like, that's it. I mean, he just took he just took people's lines left, right, and center. Like no one, it, like in a scene, people would be like, they'd be like the big part that they've been waiting for for episodes, and like Shatner would just be like, "I'll say that." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they'd have to just get off exactly like, and of course the, when they wrote this they knew all of this they knew some of these stories that happened behind the scenes and they, they sneak it in there into the script if you're a big Star Trek fan you'll spot it but even if you're not familiar with Star Trek lore or with the behind the scenes world of Star Trek there's still plenty to enjoy here and that's what sets this film apart the fact that the source material they're taking from which is I say source material real life hmm. was so rich and was so bizarre and so funny and had these larger than life characters being able to mimic them or play a, a parody version of them is what sets this film apart, simply because there is so much stuff here that it's just like, oh, you couldn't write it. And it's like, no, we didn't. It just it happened, and we just snuck it into the script, you know. And with response to, you know, uh, characters like Sam Rockwell's character, uh, I know you see he didn't particularly like Guy, but I think he's great in this. He is role in the show. He's kind of there by accident, wrong place, wrong time. He played a red shirt in Galaxy Quest, which if you've seen Star Trek, Red Shirt is what they refer to, minor characters that essentially go down to the planet with a load of lead characters and don't come back. They're mm. there just to display how, how menacing the enemy they're up against is. So he was one of those. And throughout this whole episode, he is terrified because if this is like the show, I'm going to get killed any moment now. And he has a breakdown in the shuttle on the way to an alien planet. And I think one of the best lines of the thing is where they discover this like little blue uh, cannibalistic alien tribe on one of the planets, which Sigourney Weaver thinks are cute at first. And then you see them attack one of their wounded number and tear them to pieces. And she's like, we've got to get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's one of the best lines <laughs> in the whole film. And you know, I think you were saying about her role is just to repeat the computer. She acknowledges that. You know, she says, you know, I have one job on this ship. It's stupid. 
but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I think it readdresses that balance that, yeah, the the role wasn't there for, for Uhura. I suppose it's her closest number in the actual Star Trek series. Uhura's role wasn't great. She just repeated what the computer said. But I think they parody that in such a way and give Sigourney Weaver some of the best lines. You know, it, in a way, it's readdressing the balance in their own style and in their own manner. Okay, so, uh, well, here's a question then. Moving on to cast and characters. Um, you say that the joke is that Sigourney Weaver's character just repeats what the computer says. Is there any development of her character then? Does she kind of become more than just that role? Is there a point where she goes, like, I'm more than just repeating what the computer says? Alex? Yeah, it's, it's not. it's not like reinforcing that at all like yeah it's you know it's clear that Sigourney's you know just as capable I mean none of them that's the point none of them are capable of doing this so it's not that she's you know and, and she does do things you know she's she does sort of so I, I'd say there is there is a bit of a an arc there there's there's, there's there's not nothing and it's definitely not just saying you know that there's, there's there's no reason in the original's defense sorry to get off topic <laughs> but in the original's defense and maybe this is what, what you know it doesn't it like it was this it was the 60s and it had a very multiracial cast and you know and and yeah there, there weren't many roles but you had a russian on board during the cold war you had you know during the civil rights you had a black woman who was just behind so yeah you know it wasn't perfect but actually in in many ways this is just a massive tangent where I've gone completely. Yeah, so, no, no, no. Uh, but, I'm but, just, if I may, just briefly, Alex, I think the writers of the of Galaxy Quest would agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. comes from a yeah, point of yeah, love yeah. for Star Trek. There's nothing like, oh my god, we saw Star Trek and it was rubbish. Let's write this. It's like they clearly loved the series that they are yeah. sending up. Here. But but also knew that there were some faults with it and sort of and and like and like you say, I would agree quite nicely. Uh, um, sort of bring them out like like Sigourney Weaver's role I just you know when you're talking I, I just don't feel like the second half of the film really pulled together so Guy the security guard I don't think it'll feel like there's that moment when yes there's yes there's a good few laughs about it but there's not that moment that really brings that home and you think like oh he's brings he's, brings what home? you know him he so he's a he's a he's terrified because he's a security guard and he's really really scared of um, being, uh, he's just terrified throughout the whole film. Yeah, because he's a red shirt. He knows and he's, he's the red shirt. He knows he's going to be killed and sacrificed just as part of the plot, basically. And you know that's a nice bit, but it just maybe a little bit like Tropic Thunder in this way. You know that it, when you think about it, these things don't quite—they're they're good, they're well observed, fantastic, but they don't really tie them off well. I don't think. And yeah, you know, I'd, I'd say you know on your point that you were talking about, Gav, when you're about like. Um, Sigourney Weaver's arc yeah you know the, the, there is a bit of an arc to it but it's not it's, I wouldn't say it's a great one so again it's a really well observed thing from a TV show that doesn't really go it's sort of the, 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 the film sort of gets bogged down in its own sort of silly plot and, and by the end you know and it, and it is a silly plot it's not I'm not saying that's a massive thing against it. it it is just a you know it's a daft it's meant to be a comedy it's a bit of a silly plot but it spends more time sort of on the silly plot aspects of it towards the end than it does really the interesting things it was bringing up at the beginning sorry Austin I, I felt like I was in the middle of talking there and you just interrupted <laughs> me um, <laughs> I, just, I was going to say I beg to differ on that I actually felt like while maybe points like that weren't uh, fully you know fully rounded out in maybe a way that you like to see I think as a whole and as a full story, story arc it, it captures it really well I think it gives the feel good uh, sort of loving message um of, uh, of what's it called? It gives, it gives a, the loving message that Star Trek, the original, would have given. Like they were saying, and like I guess, like Alex was essentially admitting, is that it, um, it, it captures that that vibe. You know, it gives, it's got a lot of love for it, and it, uh, and it works, it works it on. So, I, uh, I kind of, I kind of think it. The cast and characters are all played really well. Guy does a great job of being the scared actor. You know, he's just a, a hack, isn't he? He's just a. Well, Alex is talking just a about jobbing actor. Alex was talking about his his characters like arc and whether there's resolution. any sort of resolution good, good, there. Good start, but not so, a great finish. Yeah, so I, mean, might I, be... I feel like the film finish, can't finish everything, but yeah, I know you're saying that. that yes, not everybody gets the great uh, ending and, and tying off. But I think as a whole, the film wraps up nicely and gives the message that you know the, the feel good message you'd expect. Okay, Dave. 
I just like to say, I think it's wrapped up enough insofar as, you know, the um, after their final successful appearance at a convention, the show gets brought back after years of being in the dark. You know, they get a new series and he gets a named role. Oh, okay. so his character finally has a name that's his resolution he's he's not going to die if this happens to them again he's not the red shirt anymore you know because on the way down in the in the shuttle as they're about to land you know he's crying he doesn't have a last name none of you know my last name it's like <laughs> guy calm down you you have a last name do i do i <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got a foot he's got one of the longest names in the credit you know L- lieutenant <laughs> ingersoll or something like that he gets a name at the end so i'd say that is his resolution he was okay. there for comic relief anyway i don't think it needs to be any great character arc that's enough resolution for him okay and um tim allen um so he's essentially playing a parody of william shatner uh, f- firstly how well is the parody done um and are you just constantly thinking throughout oh it's william shatner or does he kind of evolve the character himself you know is there more to it than just the parody dave I'd say there's a lot more to it. He he secretes enough of Shatner in there. Gosh, I shouldn't use that word. He, he brings enough of Shatner. <laughs> he secretes I I secret. He secretes I Shatner's not, not I've, I've never I felt I've secreted enough Shatner myself. <laughs> he brings Shat- enough Shatner's. of Shatner. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about my wording of that one. He brings enough of Shatner to the role. You know, like I mentioned, the way he sits in the chair and it, and bits that the script give him as well to enhance his performance. You know, clear references to Shatner's behaviour. Um, behind the camera on on the on set, but he really go- does give a great performance as uh, Jason Nesmith, who was uh, uh, or playing Commander Peter uh, Commander Peter Quincy Taggart. He brings uh, a charm to it that I th- I think I, I didn't watch enough of the TV series, but I feel like Shatner was lacking and a sincerity to this performance. It's like, sorry, Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Alex. Would you he agree brings- that uh, William Shatner as um, whatever his name is, Captain Kirk, is completely uncharismatic? <laughs> That's no, not what I, I really said. wouldn't. I really wouldn't. <laughs> I think, like, why we're, we're on the topic <laughs> of the original series. And I'm, I'm I tell you what, Alex, we're not managed. on the topic. Of <laughs> no, I'm bringing up the topic. Sorry, Dave, you haven't finished talking. I, I just had a quick point to evidence, just to tell you this performance does have more depth and it's not just a Shatner impersonation. Um, the scene t- towards the end of the film when um, the bad guy has taken over the ship and he's torturing the leader of the Thermians, Mathazar, one of the ways he comes up torturing him when he discovers what's actually gone on, because he's a bit smarter, he's worked out that it's just a show and that these guys are actors, they're not intergalactic heroes. He makes Tim Allen tell him just a, you know, a further way of torturing, psychologically breaking the leader of the Thermians. And that scene is brilliant and the performances from um Enrico Colantoni who plays Mathazar and Tim Allen you're not expecting a performance like that in in a film that's essentially a silly sci-fi comedy parody that you're just enjoying and sitting back and having fun with but the, the emotion that Tim Allen delivers and the emotion from Enrico Colantoni as well you know the two of them playing off each other this heartbreaking moment where it's like we lied to you we made it up and just the heartbreak and you know, it's it, there's more to it. There's a lot more to it than you might give it credit for. It is far more than just a Shatner impersonation. He really acts and he really brings the character of Jason Nesmith along. Okay, thanks, Dave. Austin, very quickly before we get on to the original series again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say is actually one thing that uh, did surprise me and, and that's Dave, Dave sort of nailed it there, uh, you know, and this is related, is about the, the full story and development. The actual acting is is good. What I expected from this film was kind of low-budget, shitty parody. And what I got was actually really high production value and genuine funny, like poorly marketed, you know, even from the fucking the, the page to click to go and watch the film. It was um, it was so much better than than you could expect. And, uh, you know, it's genuinely, genuinely a good uh, all-around film and it could have done so much better. Um, outside if it wasn't you know I, I was expecting it to be something a bit shit like um well just like any other like parody film and um and, and it's it, it stands out on its own okay yeah great stuff um alex right i do want you to get back on to the point of characters but i can see that there's a burning point that you no, want to there's the not, there's, I've, I've, I've so many times i've tried to convince people that the original series is really really good i mean that the you know, I'll try and tie it into talking about Galaxy Quest. But, you know, the sets and the uh, costumes sometimes, yeah, you know, didn't always come to mark. But it was only a cheap budget or something like that. But honestly, in the original series, there are some episodes that are way 
way ahead of stuff that we watch now. Like really good stuff. Talking about war and civil rights and stuff like that of, of the times. Um, what is a good <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I'll go off. I'll go. I, I could go off on that point and it's not nothing to do with what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, so ca- characters. Uh, uh, um, so uh, we've spoken about Sigourney Weaver's character arc. We've spoken about Guy. Um, anything that you want to add about Tim Allen and if there are any other characters or cast members that you want to speak of? I want to talk generally about the cast because, and it sort of links into my point here about people not really having a good enough resolutions and good enough sort of um, characters. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that they're not they're not good. They're just not good enough for Alan Rickman and they're not good enough for Tony Shalhoub or for Sam Rockwell. I think, you know, when you see maybe Sam Rockwell wasn't as well known then perhaps. Well, no, he would have been quite well known. I think when you see Alan Rickman in a film, you're like, you, you sort of want him to be the main one that Tim Allen's having a discussion with. But it's like Sigourney Weaver ends up really being the one that he sort of has the biggest sort of arc with and the biggest sort of character development with. When you've got all of these big actors, they're sort of jostling for your attention on screen and they do get a little bit lost. So you do you do end up just feeling like, well, Alan Rickman is good in it, but why Alan Rickman? Like, really, why why did we need Alan Rickman in it? I guess, you know, we could go back to Joel's argument of maybe it's better to have Alan Rickman in the film than not have a film with not Alan Rickman in. But I, I still think I still think sometimes you just you sort of walk away and you're a bit you're a bit like, did Alan Rickman need to be in that film? Did we need Sigourney Weaver? Did we need Tony Shalhoub? Did we you know, do we need all of these really good actors? Like Justin Long, perfect. He's really well cast. Like really, you know, he's sort of the the sci-fi nerd character, fine. But yeah, I, I just think the cast is almost too good for the roles and it just makes you expect something which you don't get in the film. Okay. Dave, is the cast too good for the roles? No. The cast are fantastic and the roles are super <laughs> Is that incredible. it? Alan <laughs> reached the zenith of his career when he appeared in Galaxy. <laughs> I think, I mean, Alan Rittman, the, the actor, did not care for sci-fi. The only reason he signed on for this because he liked the script. He actually thought it was a genuinely good comedy film. Uh, and he played Alexander Dane. He really got into the head of the character. Alexander Dane is kind of this British thespian who, you know, took on the, this role, Dr. Lazarus, who's like the, the Mr. Spock character. Um, he took on the role, you know, because it might, you know, break him into mainstream cinema and American audiences. Instead, it just tanked his career. He never did Shakespeare again. You know, he, his career derailed. Originally in the script, Alexander Dane was meant to be a knight. It was meant to be Sir Alexander Dane. Alan Rittman was like, nope. Scrap that bit. That implies that his career was successful after this show. I want him bitter about this show. I want him to begrudge his time on his show. And you know, and where you got Tim Allen, who's like reveling in his glory days as this beloved character that fans still idolize and want to speak to. Alan, Alan Rittman is so bitter about it. He doesn't even want to do conventions anymore, but it's the only paid work he gets. And that works so well. And Alan Rittman, you know, having been typecast as a villain since the late 80s, early 90s in Hollywood, could really bring his own experience into that. You know, he never got the roles, you know, an actor of his versatility should have gotten because Hollywood just saw him as the Sheriff of Nottingham or Hans Gruber, you know. So I think he really brought a genuine uh, piece of himself to this character and he embodied it. And, you know, the reason why he doesn't have the back and forth with with Tim Allen, I mean, one, because Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver make a great pairing in this, but also because he's got his own thing uh, going on with Quellek, one of the Thermians, who is like the ultimate fanboy who's idolized him. These are the fans that he has shunned his whole life. And he eventually, you know, he, he, he develops an affection for Quellek. You know, even though he is of an alien race, he he embodies the uh, the cosplayer that he's been trying to avoid, and he really does bond with this business Thermian. Um, so he's got his own character arc thing going on. He doesn't need; he still has plenty of back and forth with Tim Allen, plenty of sniping and backbiting and stuff. But it's uh, it, there's enough going on there. I don't think you need to to bring him into the scope too much. Everyone's got their own thing going on, and that works just fine. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Ozzy, any other cast members stick out? Any other characters that you impressed with? No, I mean, I I feel like we've really um, sort of laboured it so much. I, I was going to just back up for our argument, but, you know, I just thought it's better. But I think the key to remember is that we're not watching. Well, they, the cast, everyone's so star-studded, I, help, I think helped me feel as though they were not uh, spacemen. Because you know they're actors, so you know they're and and I think they do. I think think does a great job. Like Tony Shalhoub was just was fantastic. Uh, you know, as as he is, he's like a burnt out character. But 
yeah, I don't think there's any much more to to add on there. We've really sort of hammered home how I, I think they, they did a great job, but yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, now, anything else anybody wants to add before we call this a day about direction, sets, scores, sound, scenery, whatever, anything? Um, I'll just briefly say I think the direction is fantastic. It's directed by Dean Parisot, who um, he's, he's not really done many feature-length films. He won an Oscar for a short film, but um, he really did great work with this one. Technical aspects as well. The aspect ratio actually switches through the film. Um, which had not really been done before. I mean, possibly because cinemas couldn't set their screens right to, to deal with the aspect ratio change, which he acknowledges in hindsight might have been a mistake. But he was really pushing the boat out in terms of technical ability and the things he brought to this. And, you know, it's uh, although he's not done many feature films, Dean Parasol really deserves a lot of credit for bringing this film uh, together as we know it and for realizing the idea off the script. So I just want to give a little shout out to Dean Parasol there. Okay, Alex. Uh, I don't want to shit all over Dean Pariso. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I'd also Please say <laughs> I'd also say the direction's nothing to you know. What I mean, you're not you don't watch Galaxy Galaxy Quest and come away and be like, wow, that that direction just blew my fucking mind. You know, you know, it, it's 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 good enough to do the job, but it's by certainly no means like something to to really write home about. Okay, right. Um, so if you listen, Sorry, Dean. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I mean, he does a better job than I could have done. Sorry, Dean Harris. <laughs> I mean, I like <laughs> Okay, uh, closing arguments. I uh, want these short and snappy. Uh, starting with Dave. Okay, uh, I'd just like to start with a quote from David Mamet, who said there are four perfect films in the world. Godfather, Dodsworth, A Place in the Sun, and Galaxy Quest. I've not made that up. That is a genuine quote from David Mamet. <laughs> Although he may have been joking, I don't know, but he genuinely said it. Okay, so what you got here is a parody film. It is warm, it is funny, and it is very satirical. It takes a good look at the original Star Trek series, as well as being a solid comedy film in its own right. You have no previous knowledge of the series or familiarity with Star Trek to enjoy this film. That is why it's an excellent comedy. Oh my God, right. Um, I'm just still taken aback by uh, uh, David, David Mamet. <laughs> uh, so, um, Alex, uh, uh, you've got, have you got a 30 second closing statement? Preferably with, I don't know, a quote from Arthur Miller, maybe. <laughs> I know, I was, I'm looking up, I'm, I'm looking at Oscar Wilde quotes, but I've got nothing. <laughs> I can't, can't Google a quick pretentious quote to. to Tom to, Wolf to, might to, like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom Wolf. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to say that, you know, this isn't the worst film in the world. Okay. So it's not, I'm not saying this should be burnt and never watched by anyone, but it doesn't deserve a place on our hallowed hit list right it's just a rip-off all right it's just a parody it's just a yeah it's a bit of fun for the first half an hour 40 minutes and then the silliness of its own plot sort of overtakes it the cast just can't quite shine it's just not they just don't have enough time really there's not enough there's not enough meat to it it's a good laugh as i think especially if you're a star trek fan and you like the stories around it you know i'm, I'm i would say i'm the perfect audience member for this but it's not good enough to really watch again. You know, you sort of watch it, you got it, you don't need anything more. There's no there's no real film of itself to it. It's just a parody. Okay, thank you very much, Alex. And wrapping it up for the defence, Ozzy, closing statements. Yeah, I'm just going to, I don't need to say anything better than what they've said. <laughs> no, this I know. Is, I mean, warm, man, funny. Can, and... can I go first next time? Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is warm, funny. It's really well made. It's a real pleasant surprise. Um, uh, as a film I think you I think you will enjoy it okay thank you very much Austin and now do we have a quiz to keep us occupied while I write up my verdict we do we do I have a quiz ready alright and it's a quiz that I based mainly around Star Trek okay now I oh, feel God. like I know I feel like I've really come across as a Star Trek in like just insane fan uh, to be clear like I only really like the original series but this is about all of Star Trek. Okay. Okay. So, say what I am a big fan of. What's that? William Shatner's uh, album, The Has Been. That's Man, a great oh, album. Man, it's in. It's in the quiz. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything more. Don't say anything more. You, yeah, don't worry. You haven't ruined it. I love that album too. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really hilarious. Really I good. always think William Shatner's a bit like Nicolas Cage. You know when Nicolas Cage said like, why does everyone think I'm not in on the joke? Like why, <laughs> yeah, why do yeah. people think... Like William Shatner completely knows... What, when people are laughing at William Shatner, he's just he's just <laughs> glad you're well. talking about him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all the way to the bank. 
All yeah, every minute you're talking about William Shatner, he's already won. So you, do you know what I mean? Like you don't, you can't make more fun of William Shatner than he did. He literally, yeah, like Ozzy said, he made an album called Has Been with yeah. Ben Folds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so is question one. So including the original series, how many live action TV series are there of Star Trek? Um, original, Next Generation. Um, Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Voyager, Nine. Voyager, Voyager, the one with Quantum Leap. Um, what was that called? Oh, yeah. Enterprise, Enterprise. Discovery. There's a new one, isn't it? Discovery. Picard. Discovery. Then there's um, Lower Decks. I'm going to say oh. eight. Very good live action, but no seven. So fantastic. Oh, well done. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to give you all a point now. That was hey. impressive, which is the same as giving not none of you a point. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but somehow better. But, but better. But better. <laughs> uh, I, by the way, is... I have not watched any of them. <laughs> I don't know why I'm able to label them all. <laughs> I know. It's just in, it is literally, people don't like Star Trek, but they know you just, it's in the zeitgeist, isn't it? You just know about it. Uh, how many films are there in total? 13. Ooh. 12. Oh, actually, no. Mm. No, I mean literally on the nose. Gav is on the nose. Really? Oh, 13. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't like Star Trek, but you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you just guessed, you just named just all the series and then said straight away <laughs> how many films are Do you know what it is? Is that, like, as I said before, I've been watching Harry Potter recently and it's on Sky Cinema and I noticed that they put all the Star Trek films up the other day. So I started reading the synopsis of like some of the latter ones just to see how mad they were. And they are, right? And then I just kind of thought, I guessed how many there was there and then added three. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done. Well, it <laughs> served you well. Well done, Gav. You are winning at the Star Trek quiz. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, well done. Ambivalent. <laughs> um, what's the next question? Uh, how many seasons were in the original show? Nine. In the original series. Nine for Gav. Four. I was going to say Four. four. Uh, none of you are right I'm afraid it was three it was three there were only three series and honestly the last season is appalling like it's literally <laughs> it's, it's, it's unwatchably bad like <laughs> like, like there, there's bits where um, you know like in the start of a show when they're like they're waiting and like some alien comes and you're just like what's going to happen they just completely ran out of ideas so there's one where it's just like the alien appears and it's Abraham Lincoln <laughs> sat in his chair but it like and they just lot yeah it was just it, it's appalling it's really I'm, funny to what to, to read about the decline of the of the show because i'm sure i saw even, them battle a rubik's cube at one point <laughs> oh no that's a good episode <laughs> <laughs> no that's a good one <laughs> no it was uh, it's pretty funny as well especially when you watch the later ones they're, they're almost unwatchable but like no one cares <laughs> like literally people are just walking on the set and you can just see they're just like they've all put on like loads of weight because <laughs> Are we back here? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, what is is a proper one if you're a fan? What is Captain Kirk's middle name? Tiberius. Uh, oh, Tiberius. Shit, Dave. Well done. <laughs> well done, Dave. Fantastic. You're talking uh, to a man who rests his headphones yeah. on a bust of Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know my Roman names. <laughs> um, can you name characters from the original series? Uh, Kirk, Kirk, Aurora, Spock. Um, I think it's Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Um, Chekhov, Chekhov, Mr. Scotty, Sulu. Thanks for calling him yeah. Mr. Dave. It was very yeah. <laughs> Bones McCoy. Yeah, Bones. Yeah. Very um, good. Any others? Were there others? John. Yeah. John, John, the guy. Red shirt one. Red, red shirt, shirt two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, can Khan, you name? Was he in the series? Uh, yeah, well, one episode. Can you name um, any of the actors who played them? Yes. Apart from yeah. Shatner. Nichelle Nichols. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. Walter Koenig played Chekhov. Yeah, yeah. yeah. George Takai. Yeah, George Takai. DeForest Kelly. DeForest. Yes. Oh, yes. Bones McCoy. Have we missed anyone? Oh, James Scotty. Dewey. Scotty. James I'm going to give it to Dave. Very, well very, very impressive. Um, Ozzy, maybe one for you. William Shatner has had how many <laughs> spoken word albums? Ooh, well, musical albums, he's had two, I yeah. think. But actual spoken word album, I think he's got like, didn't he do one where it was all Shakespearean? Yes, um, that's his first one. Quotes as well. Oh, is he, that the he, 1968 one? The, the Transform Man is the one where he's 
uh, doing quotes from plays as well as like uh, Ella, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and ones like <laughs> that. Uh, it's, oh, no, man, it's, oh, it's honestly, brilliant. you cannot, <laughs> you've got to it, get it. It's, it's hilarious. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess of five in total. Anyone else want to guess? Or six. Dave gets it. Four spoken words. He did one uh, country album, which was entitled Why Not Me? I just love him. I just love him. Uh, he did one. <laughs> Why not me? Like, I, I just love that. Like he, he, he rings his, his agent and he goes, "Like I want to do a country music album. Like country music. I mean, why? <laughs> Why not Why me? Not me? <laughs> I know. But he just knows entirely what his fans kind of want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he does know. He also did. He did Transform Man. I think in the sixties. He did Has Been, which he's got like Ben Folds and Amy Mann. Yeah. Like he's got some people on it. He it did, one called, did one called Seeking Major Tom and one called Ponder the Mystery, which I haven't listened to, <laughs> but I can't wait now and find out that it exists. Um, next one. Uh, who is seen as the creator of Star Trek? Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry, it was. But... Again, having read, I can't remember what the book's called, but it's, it's 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 really good. It sort of dispels the myths behind it. Like Gene Roddenberry was just a bit of a shit, really. <laughs> like he just took credit for an awful lot of people. There was a there was a woman called DC Fontana, and she's credited and stuff like that. But she was just was she came up with so much of the stuff in it, and just Gene just didn't let her have any of it. Basically, it wasn't not a great uh, show to work on from that aspect. I don't think. Um, Next one, uh, are the reboots good if you don't take Star Trek too seriously and are in, able to enjoy life? Um, <laughs> um, I feel this is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's 10 points, by the way, if you answer this correctly. I think that the reboots are better than the originals. Yeah, sure. Gav, you lose 10 points. Uh, <laughs> I think the reboots are fine but unnecessary. Yeah, sorry, lose five <laughs> points, Dave. <laughs> I, I think that they probably didn't need to do any reboots and should have stopped after after the second series. Yeah, is <laughs> is plus a hundred. Well done, Aussie. That was uh, that's exactly what that's exactly what they should have done. Outstanding, outstanding, Aussie. Really been listening. Uh. Um, the undiscovered country is the sixth original Star Trek film and is a fantastic film which brilliantly explores the end of the Cold War within the Star Trek setting. It is indisputably not one of only the best sci-fi films of the 90s but of the decade itself. That's not even who, a question. Uh, who, played, <laughs> uh, who played General Chang? <laughs> uh, James, James Hong. No. Uh, it's someone who sadly very recently passed on and is no longer with us. Um, uh, very recently, it was a bad one. Well, like Christopher Plummer, or? it was Christopher Plummer. Oh, really? oh honestly, oh. Christopher Plummer is it's a really good film in and of itself, but Christopher Plummer's in that film and he's absolutely brilliant. I think if you ever want to see how to ham a film up without going too much too far and keeping it sort of sensible it's Christopher Plummer in the Undiscovered Country. He made it's funny, he laughs, he's always doing Shakespearean quotes in it, it's a really funny character. But he doesn't go too far. He's I, he's absolutely brilliant. I read a quote from Christopher Plummer just recently after he passed, and it was about a film that he filmed in Rome, and it was like a really shit knockoff of Star Wars, and it was like blatantly obvious that it was, and it was obviously it was going to be a box office bomb, and people somebody asked him like why, why did you go and do that film, and he said well it was shot in Rome, I really wanted to go to Rome, even if it would have been a porno, I would have gone to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. I know at a certain point it's like because I just make films. Do you know what I mean? Some people fix sinks. I'm Christopher Plummer. I just like I just shoot films. Right. Yeah. Um, and last question. And with a name like Christopher Plummer, he probably <laughs> 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 he had his pick. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's where he got his name from. <laughs> uh, last question, and I was really wrote this one because I thought Joel would be with us. Why is Star Trek better than Star Wars? Um. Jar Jar Binks? Mm, no, good, good, uh, good idea though. It's, it, I don't know. It's, it, this is obviously just an opinion one. So. Sometimes it has a point. That's why Star That's Trek. That's the answer. That's the answer. Star <laughs> Trek is better than Star Wars because sometimes, not always, but sometimes it has a point. Okay, right. 
Great quiz, I think. <laughs> uh, moving on to the verdict. I'm going to be short and sweet about this one. I think both sides had some very good points. Um, but what I think is that, Alex, you kind of lost me when you called the you called it a hallowed hit list. I thought that, that you know there is possibly a way that it could fit on the hit list because it's <laughs> nowhere near hallowed. Um, now to me, it, it does sound like a lovingly made love letter to Star Trek, well made, done by people who like the series, who like the fans as well, and it's it's sort of like an original concept. There aren't too many of these films where they've done sort of these fish out of water actors who don't know they're in a situation where they're not acting. You know, as I mentioned before, there's Tropic Thunder and Three Amigos, but I don't think there's many others. So this is probably only one that's set in space or, you know, there's a sci-fi twist to it. So it's uh, original enough to for me to like it, I think. And it, and it does sound like it's got a really good cast who don't take it too seriously and who do a good job and have a laugh. And I think, I think I'm going to enjoy it to be honest. So yeah, it goes on the hit list. Apologies, Alex. Uh, but yeah, honest opinions. I think, I think I know where Dave, what Dave is going to say, but Dave, um, what, what's your honest opinion? Uh, I genuinely very much like this film. Uh, I hadn't seen it for a, a long time, but you know what? I've watched it about three times while I've been waiting for us to do this episode. I genuinely like it. I think there's, I, I catch something new each time I watch it. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Ozzy, you're a bit of an enigma. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I really liked it. I, okay. uh, I thought it was really funny. I, I, like I said earlier, I was thrown off by the some of the trailer stuff, thinking it was going to be low budget, um, and it, it wasn't. It was good. Okay, and it, this is the one I'm really interested by. Alex, as you said before, this film almost seems like it's tailor-made for you. Did you like it or not? Yeah, it is tailor-made for me. I do like it. Yeah, it's a really good film. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very entertaining. Uh, Dave, it, like, and, and Ozzy both said, it's just got a nice heart to it. So it does parody it, but it's not in a, it, you never feel like it's, it loves its own subject matter. And I think that's so key especially to something like Star Trek, where you can, you know, you can make fun of people who take it too seriously and go down the science route and stuff like that. But you can also know that they're fans and you can like be be kind to them, you know. The, the, it, it, so it's, it, it's got a really nice tone to it. And that just, you know, it's got flaws and stuff like that. Like, you know, the story is a bit like you do, occasionally the plot overtakes it and you're a bit like, oh, come on, like, you know, I've had enough of this actual plot. I don't, I don't care about it. But it's just got such a nice way of treating its own subject matter that you can forgive it a lot so you know it's it's a lovely it's a really lovely film actually i don't know there's, there's something quite comforting about it yeah. okay. can i just add much. on that point you say um it treats the the fans of star trek very well i think they recognize that because it was actually in 2013 at a star trek convention in las vegas voted the seventh best star trek film <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think they recognize that it is uh, yeah. a loving homage yeah, there's quite uh, a lot of quotes from uh, Star Trek actors saying about how much they like it and how yeah. uh, delicately they treated the fans. Like, yeah, and it's literally the thing that saves the ship, isn't it? Is that the fans know how the science of the of the Galaxy Quest world works, which is kind yeah. of funny. So. I think because because there was a lot of like cast problems in the original as well, and like it did deal with. Do you know what I mean? It, de- it dealt with it well, and it kept it funny because yeah. it is funny, but also. It was real people's lives, so it yeah, it, it got that tone very well. Well, I look forward to watching it. To be honest, um, real question: higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Shoot 'Em Up, which scored sixty-seven and sixty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm bang on. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess higher because it feels culty. It feels like people mm-hmm. who are going to watch this are the sort of people who will vote on uh, and, IMDb and rate and it Rotten higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say higher. I genuinely haven't looked until now because I didn't want to sway my opinion. Um, well, definitely higher for audience score, 79%, and much, much higher for critical response, 90% out of 100. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, he he yeah. gave it three stars, like. Did he? Did he? Yeah. What, what does he yeah. I read his quote it? about it. I didn't see what his rating was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, he um, everything, didn't he? <laughs> but just to say that our next film on trial will be the Matrix Reloaded. Um, it's been picked out of the hat at random. Um, I think we put all three Matrixes in there with the hope that we get the first one first, but unfortunately, no, the second one's coming out first. And, uh, as long as it wasn't the third one, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in defense of Matrix 2, is going to be 
Joel, possibly, maybe, and also Alex. And in the role of prosecution is going to be Dave and Ozzy. And yeah, I'm going to be playing the judge again. Um, if you don't uh, agree with that, I don't care. <laughs> Just to say that, yeah, thank you to everybody who has listened to this show. We really do appreciate it. If you have liked the episodes, please remember to give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. And why not leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts? Check us out on all social media, Twitter, our film trials, and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube films on trial so <laughs> we made it right to the end really people get the score check us out on all the social medias and have a great time stay safe we're almost free yeah. can, can you hear me <laughs> can now for fuck's sake <laughs> Jesus Christ straight the fucking internet you can- <laughs> this, is a, this is a great ending to the episode. I mean, so many people have been doing that on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Fuck I think the that's a perfect end to the show. And I think just it descends into anarchy. I think is that you have no authority here, Gavin Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Read the terms and conditions. Read them and understand them. Uh, right. That is it. We have reviews Galaxy Quest and it is a hit. And we're going to be in your ears next week with The Matrix Reloaded. Goodbye, everybody. Have you put another fucking comment on? <laughs> no, it's just the same ones that we can laugh. Jesus Christ. <laughs>